for tapes, CDs, DVDs, to our publication, Voices from His Excellent Glory, Declaring the Kingdom, write P.O. Box 21516, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Zip 71903. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are many free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. This is the 2013 Thanksgiving Teaching and Deliverance Camp Meeting being held at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in Hot Springs National Park, Arkansas, Thursday evening, November the 28th, 2013. Nikki Pinson is the speaker of this service, teaching on being one in Christ. We're blessed this this weekend to have Brother Nikki Pinson from uh, Peerless Gospel Assembly in, in, in down in Texas. And uh, Brother Pinson and his uh, music director were up here Oh, it's been, what, two or three months ago now. And uh, we just had a wonderful, wonderful, Kevin and I had a wonderful time of fellowship with him. And uh, come to find out, it was quite interesting. The Saturday that he and his, uh, his uh, co-worker were here, uh, somehow, I don't know how, uh, maybe you'll share, I don't know what you, but, but somehow he and Jerry McGee um, came into contact with one another. Uh, we didn't know that. Um, but the Saturday that he was here, Jerry had sent out an email broadcast from her uh, daily uh, broadcast uh, sharing something that he had shared. And it was just kind of ironic the way that all, all tumbled together. And um, so we, we, we are currently receiving um, his daily email broadcast. And Kevin has encouraged him. He says that's his, his online devotional because his, his, he just has such a... Uh, a good word, and, and it's it's not a it's not a social gospel. He the Holy Spirit uses him to to make you want to change and to reevaluate some of the things that uh, might have been a tradition to you, might have been something that uh, uh, that God's wanting to deal with. And we we both Kevin and I both really appreciate uh, the daily word that that he brings forth through that and would encourage you to talk to him about getting signed up on his email broadcast because uh, it'll feed you too. So with that said, we want to welcome Brother Pinson and his grand, his oldest grandson, Lucas, and um, the rest of the service is yours, and then you can, however you feel to minister or not at the end, and you can conclude it and say amen. Amen. Uh, God is so good. I was up early this morning uh, fixing fence so the cows wouldn't get out while I was gone, which they've been doing. Fixing the chickens where they'd last for four days. Um, doing all those kind of things, getting ready to come. Getting my things together. Of course, I start out with prayer. I thought I was doing good, and I got here, and it came to me. I did. This is the only shirt I brought. Praise <laughs> God. Well, that's okay. I got everything else, I think. Stand with me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate the privilege of being here. You're a wonderful-looking crowd. Praise God. And, uh, Lord, we just ask that you'll do something special for everyone here. God, that you'll open our hearts, Lord. God, that the channel of the Holy Spirit, Lord, just aim right at this place tonight, Lord. 
and speak to every heart, Lord. Make changes in us, Lord, that will help us as we move along and walk with You, Lord. We ask Your anointing to come mightily, Lord. On every ear, Lord, every heart, praise God. Speak to us, Lord, and we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And may we see You go. I want to talk to you tonight about being one with Christ. One with Christ. I want to begin with the Lord's Prayer for us in John chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus speaking said, Neither pray I for these alone. He's talking about His disciples. And then He talks about us. But for them also which shall believe on Me through their word. That's us, isn't it? That they all may be one, as You, Father, are in Me, and I in You. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that You sent Me. And the glory, now the glory is the revelation of light, of light, life, truth, which You gave Me. Has God given that to You? Is He giving, giving that to You? That they may be one with us, even as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one. And, uh, you know, we're, we're commanded to be perfect, even as our Father's perfect, and this is the only way. And that the world may know that you sent me and have loved me, as love them as you've loved me. Now, verse 24, I want to talk a little bit about that. It said, Father, I will that they also which you have given me. You have to look at yourself tonight and, and know, has the Father given you to Christ? Has He done that? John 6.37, Jesus speaking, said, And all that the Father gives me shall come to me. And to him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. That has been one of the most liberating verses for me as a pastor. I pastored the same church for over 35 years. Uh, way back there when we were in our old building, we had 15 one Sunday morning, the Baptist church down the road, and they're, they're good people. I preached for them even. And a car after car after car went by. You thought there was a funeral procession or something. And they had 115 that morning. We had 15. Praise God. You, you have to be careful that you look at other people and other churches. and you, it, Don't compare yourself. That's a fatal mistake. Don't compare yourself, your church, or whatever. Had a family that left recently, and they said, "Well, something's wrong. Uh, some people left our church, and there's something wrong with this church." Praise God! <laughs> All that the Father has given to me will come to me. All that the Father has given to me will come to me. I don't have to worry about who hasn't come. I don't. I don't have to worry about who's going to come. All that the Father has given to me will come to me. And if He doesn't give them to us, then they don't belong to us. And we don't want them. For their sake and our sake. Uh, we're out in the country. We're on a dead-end road. And uh, we're between two pretty good-sized cities. And uh, the church is the same denomination we are is, uh, in one city of blew up. That's the only way you can say it. Blew up. And... Uh, not one of them came to our church. They all went past us to the next town. Uh, well, that's just not right. Oh, folks, it is right. 
All that the Father has given to me will come to me. Praise God. I put that on the wall. That helps me. And then verse 24 again, Father, I will that they also which you have given me be with me where I am. Be with me where I am. John 12, 26, Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father, him will my father honor. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. We must be where He's at. And you know what? If we don't tell Him where to be, He tells us where to be. We follow the cloud. If the cloud moves, we move. If it doesn't, we sit right where we're at. Or you'll get yourself in trouble. Matthew 12.30 Jesus speaking says, He that is not with Me is against Me. And he that gathers not with Me scatters abroad. Now, every one of us here in anyone in this world, we're either with Him or we're scattering abroad. To be with Him is to only be what He is. Doing only what He's doing. And saying only what He's saying. Praise God. And doing it where He's doing it at. This is the product and this is the proof of being one with Him. Praise God. You know, Jesus said He never said a word that His Father didn't give Him to say. And he never did anything that he didn't see his father do. Now, if you want to know when you've arrived, is when you can say the same thing. Jesus said, I, I, didn't, I don't say anything of my own initiative. I don't do anything of my own initiative. I hear the Father. You say, well, that's impossible. And let me, I just need to say this. Some people think their thinking is God speaking. You know, but, uh, and, and bless their heart, they'll never know the difference until they finally hear God. And understand there is a voice of God. And uh, we'd, be, we'd be so much better off if we'd never say anything unless He tells us to say it. Well, most of us run our mouth all the time. You know, I don't know about you, but... Uh, and uh, you ever, Are you ever checked by the Holy Spirit? Does He ever check you while your mouth's flying? What do you do? Go ahead and finish it or do you stop in your tracks dead? Praise God. Now... Verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed or changed into the same image from glory to glory, that's revelation to revelation, Justice by the Spirit of the Lord. It's impossible for us to change unless we can behold Him. You can never be like Him unless you can behold Him. And I'm not talking about a picture. Y'all have a picture of Jesus around here anywhere? I don't know. Good. We're not talking about looking at a picture. We're not talking about reading a book. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. As, as the Scripture says, Jesus said He'll take the things of mine and show them to you. And is that happening in your life? You cannot change. You can try. You can turn over a new leaf. You can do all those things. But you'll never change. You know, it's like this. You can put the lid on some things, but you get this lid on real tight, and while you're holding it, now another lid's going to pop open. And, and, And only by beholding Him. And as you behold Him, and you see what He is, that He's altogether different from what we are. 
And you see Him as the Spirit reveals Him. And it's not all at one time. Thank God it's not. It would be overwhelming, wouldn't it be? But as you see Him, then you have an opportunity to, to, to do what He's doing, to obey what you're seeing. And there's where obedience comes in. And, and He shows you. I, I, I had a, a difference with someone in my family. I have to be careful what I'm saying. A difference with someone in my family. And it hurt. And uh, he, he cuts firewood. And uh, it's, it's my youngest son. But he, I don't know what else to say. He cuts firewood in the summer and bales hay in the in the winter. I mean, well, I think I got that backwards. But anyway, you know, you can figure that out. So uh, it was a real tough thing in our family, and uh, real strained. Uh, he takes me that he got something. As I had to go to the emergency room, and it cost him a bunch of money. And and uh, my first thought is, well. Good enough for you, boy. <laughs> but you know the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, this is beholding Him and, and, and changing because you behold Him. And the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know how to describe it. He showed me down myself there cranking His his log splitter up and, and doing that for Him. And I jumped up out of my chair. I I got my stuff together and went down to his house and cranked that thing up and, and started splitting wood. And I uh, split till dark, and the next morning I got up before they were up and went down there and finished it. Then I was going by their house, and I hope they never hear this. I was going by their house, and they were out there loading it, him and his wife and his children. And I thought, man, I just loved it. <laughs> I got home, and that whole oh my, you know what I'm talking about? I got back in my vehicle and turned, I don't even know if I got out, turned and went back and helped them load. And uh, I've been doing all that ever since. Going out and helping him cut firewood. Uh, it's, it's, this is what Jesus would do. And, and But if you can't see that, you're going to act stupid and be a fool. And you're going to hurt someone. Praise God. Beholding Him as the Spirit shows Christ to us. Verse 24 again, Father, I will that they also whom you have given me. Has he given you to the Father? Has the Father given you to Christ? Be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Romans 5 5. And hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. Let me ask you, have you ever had the love of God shed abroad in your heart? I mean, it's real, folks. If, if I can say this, it's tangible. It, it's, it's not, it's not uh, getting happy, smiling, or... Uh, I'm going to say it's more than, than falling out in the Spirit, dancing in the Spirit, and running the aisle, or shouting, or beating a tambourine until you tear it up. Uh, I, I'm just trying to give you an idea here. Uh, that love. Oh my. Years ago, in our old church, I, I worked full time and pastored the church and uh, to support my family. And I, I'd go up there early on Sunday morning and uh, pray. And I was laying on the middle aisle. It's just, it was a small 26 foot wide building and uh, the, this one aisle. And I was laying there. Now, I had been getting off work and going by the church and praying. And uh, 
Most of the time, nothing. You know, y'all understand what I'm saying? Nothing. But a few times I started to walk out the door and the Holy Spirit said, won't you just try a little longer? And I go back in there and I would. Now, you know, I have to understand, I've been a pastor for quite a while, speaking in tongues, interpreting message in tongues. You know, I'm doing all this. And I think I'm, I'm, I've got it all. I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm supposed to be. I'm laying there on that floor, minding my own business still. And all of a sudden, something starts inside me in my head and goes down to my feet and back up just like waves. So, whoa, what is this? What is this? I'm not shouting. I'm not scholared. I'm, not, I'm just laying here still in the glory of God from my head to my feet. Just I could see just waves. And you know what? The love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. That stayed with me for hours. Oh, now this is pretty good. I got to I got to tap into this some more. So I I, I understand. Okay, uh, what do you do? Okay, you got to lay on the floor. Be still. <laughs> so I go up there and lock the door to always lay on the floor. You know. Well, I, I want to tell you, I found out you don't have to lay on the floor. I mean, it, God can do it however He wants to. Well. Verse 25 now. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you, and these have known you that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. That's why I get out of bed very early in the morning. I'm not going to tell you what time. I will tell you this for a long time the Lord woke me up at that time and I wouldn't get up. No, not yet. I'm finally obeying the Lord had been for a while. I mean, I did pray, but not when He woke me up. Even with the time change, it was still the same time. Isn't that amazing? Still the same time. I do it because I want I want to experience His love. That's why I do it. I've got to have it. I don't know about you, but I've got to have it. That's a mean world out there. I've got to have that. Praise God. Now, I want to give you a word picture here. Uh, several years ago, I, I lost almost all the members of our church by preaching this verse I'm going to read to you right here. I didn't know that was going to happen. I probably wouldn't have preached it. But it was a revelation in, in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Oh, praise God. What's wrong with that verse? Why would people leave over that? Because it's talking about Him living His life through us. And, and, and the flesh doesn't, the flesh wants to be in charge. That's, his, that's your flesh. My flesh wants to be in charge. And when you start talking to people about Christ living His life through them, look, they'll, they're willing to sing in the choir, they'll give in the offering, they'll hold an office in the church, they'll preach. Uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but I, I had an assistant pastor, and uh, well, I, maybe I'll, I'll remember that when I get to that. Now, what does it mean to be crucified with Christ? Is it a mental identification? I get so sick of hearing the identify. If I say something, y'all, I'm sorry. Identify yourself with Christ. Well, that's all well and good. Some people even say, I hide behind the Lord. And when God looks at me, He just sees the Lord. But I'm hiding behind Him. Yeah, with your, your filth and your nastiness and your, your unrepentance. And, and, and No, He can see right around. Amen. And he can see you. 
You're not hiding behind anybody or anything. One time I was pastoring the first church I pastored, and I went to visit these boys that were coming to our church, young, some young black boys, and they were coming. And, and uh, I pulled up there, and I saw them run around the corner of the house. And they were my friends, you know, but they run around the corner of the house, and then I saw some smoke coming up. I don't mean like a bonfire. They'd been smoking. They saw the pastor coming. They ran hid. And I thought, how silly. doesn't matter whether I see it or not. God saw you. Praise God, God sees us. It's more than identification. No, it's, no, it's to be one with Him in everything. Totally. Or we'll never rule and reign with Him. And that's another thing that bothers me. Singing all these songs about reigning and ruling. No, you're not. Not unless you're one with Him. Sing it till you turn blue in the face. I don't do you any good. The devil doesn't mind you singing it either. He's not afraid of you. He'll let you have enough to keep you happy. You know, so you don't really seek God. Well, Second Timothy 2.12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we suffer. If you get to heaven, you're going to suffer your way in. Through much tribulation will enter the kingdom of God. Praise God. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. And I don't have time to get into denying Him and what all that means. First Peter 4.1 for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. What does it mean to suffer in the flesh? It means to tell your flesh no. You can't do that. That's what it means. To suffer in the flesh and you'll cease from sin. It's simple, isn't it? Doesn't think a rocket scientist figured that one out. Tell your flesh, no, and you won't sin, praise God. Really, that's what Romans 8 is telling us. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.10 Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, I want you to catch that body. It didn't say mind, spirit, heart. In our body. For we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's our body. Now, uh, this I don't know how it is with you, but I would go along and things would be good for a while, and then here comes some crisis. Get past that, and then I'd have it easy for a while. But then it got to where I, I, I couldn't enjoy the peaceful time because I knew something was coming. Well, after that, it got worse. Then it was trouble all the time. I said, God, what is this? You're supposed to give me some rest periods here. What does it say? What does it say? We're always delivered unto death. Always. Do you like that? I mean, you want to sign up for that. Well, I, I want to tell you this. If you want the life of Christ manifest in your mortal flesh, then that's what it's going to take. Don't be scared of it. I want to tell you this. Don't be scared to suffer. Because if you'll, if you'll submit, you'll find when you get there, it's not the bitter pill you thought it was going to be. It's not. Praise God. Now, several months ago, I, I lost a... That's what I was going to talk to the assistant pastor. And I can't get into all that, but this is the second time around. And I lost. we lost his family, several more families, by preaching on this verse. This one I'm going to give you here. Galatians 5.24. And they that are Christ, I've got to quit preaching some of these. No, I can't. 
I got to tell you the truth. That's right. Because the truth will make us free. That's right. Now, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. They that are Christ. Now, to crucify our flesh with its affections and lusts is to crucify our bodies in a figure. In a figure. What do we mean? Hebrews 11, 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. You know that story. Of whom it said that in Isaac your seed shall be called. But here he is, God's asking him to offer him up. But yet he's the son of promise. God's going to give you things and then ask for them back, so to speak. And we'll see. We'll see how much you like God then. Do you just want the things He gives you? Accounting that God was able to raise Him up even from the dead. Well, He knew God would have to do that because the promise was through Him. From where He also received Him in a figure. Then Philippians 2.5. Uh, can I go back and finish that about the former assistant pastor? One morning I was preaching, I preached a series on uh, crucifying the flesh. And uh, one morning I was preaching and I heard somebody groaning. I mean loud. And I looked back and the assistant pastor's way back in the back, on the back pew, he has a large band, he's groaning while I was preaching. I thought, what is this? Well, I didn't know. I don't know everything. God doesn't tell me everything. At least he didn't tell me then. Uh, about a week and a half later on Wednesday night we were in my office and uh, the Lord's he was talking to me and the Lord spoke to me he's leaving he's leaving um, he had been with me 11 years before that then he's gone for 4 years so I helped him come back he said I, I made a mistake I need to get back and so I helped him come back he lasted a few a few months and uh, it was hard and uh, I asked the Lord why what did here's what a pastor most pastors do. What did I do wrong? Well, I'll tell you what I found out it's not it's, well, the Lord told me he's got some things in his life that are not right and he can't stand the message. Well, this is what the Lord told me, and I told the church. Now you might think I, I shouldn't be doing that, but you gotta you gotta tell them I'm the assistant pastor that because he didn't tell me he just left and won't won't talk to anybody. So they're thinking, what did Brother Pinson do to him? Well, I'd do anything to him except preach the truth. But well, he was—I uh, was—he worked for in a certain place, and I was there doing business with another young man. And um, he came up behind me and he wanted to talk to me. We went out in the parking lot, and he said, "Brother Pinson, I got some things in my life that are not right, and I'm not used to what you preach. You know what he's used to—that you're going to be the head, not the tail, and all that kind of thing, and that positive thing." And you see, he liked to preach. Here's the thing. He, he, when you preach, you can control what's said and what's preached about. You understand what I'm saying? And you can stay off the things that are a problem in your life. And so you don't want to hear that. And I'm just going to ask God that everybody stays awake in here. Now, I know some of you are tired, but you need to hear this. Praise God. I was sitting in Bible. I was in Bible school one day in a biology class and this the professor, she was a medical doctor in her 70s, and I fell asleep. I worked full-time, drove 35 miles one way. It was tough, and went to school full-time. And she said, isn't that right, Mr. Pinson? <laughs> said, don't you sleep in my class. Praise God. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but you stay awake. God will help you. 
If you get if you're too sleepy, go get a drink. If I don't know, do something. Come back, stand up. I believe that's okay, isn't it? It's okay. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you why I want you to stay awake. I'm not up here flapping my lips, folks. I'm telling you something that will help you. It's the only reason I'm here. Already when I walked in, I have a love for, uh, just a love for you, and this place came all over me. And I care. Praise God. Maybe you know all that I'm saying. That's good. Um, let this mind be in you, this attitude which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's, that's, uh, there's so much here, but we can't get into all that. But made himself of no reputation. All oh, our reputation is important to us, isn't it? And took on him the form of the servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Let that mind be in you. We're talking about here crucifying our flesh. We're talking about dying daily. Crucified, you know, daily. Hebrews seven twenty five, wherefore he is also able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for us. Well that's wonderful. Everybody likes that part. Well, let's read the rest of it. For such a high priest became or is in, uh, uh, became or is fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, hope, praise God, and made higher than the heavens. I'm going to be like Jesus when you have to be separate from sinners. You have to do all this here. Holy, harmless, undefiled, praise God. Who needs not daily as the high priest to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. That's what I want you to get here. He offered up Himself. Oh, Jesus did it all for me. I don't have to do anything. Wrong. Wrong. What did Jesus offer up? He offered up His body. If we hope to be one with Him, then we must also offer up our body. I'm going to give you the proof. Romans 12.1, you know this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There you have it. We have to offer up our bodies too. Our bodies must be continually offered up as a living sacrifice to what? The ownership of the Lord. There's no place, there's no time, there's no situation in which we can exercise ownership or control of our body. There is not. It's not a part time. When you feel like it or when it works out for you, you know, people are amazing. We all are. They compartmentalize their life. Lord, I give you this few, you know, hour and a half on Sunday morning, the rest of the week is mine. No, it's not. Any assumption of salvation, all such lies about salvation, that excludes the healing up of our mortal body, is a false assumption. And there's no salvation present in that, not until the body is included in our yielding. It's a lying deception to think that only by believing or professing or confessing or walking the aisle or saying a sinner's prayer that we can be saved. God requires more than just something spoken with our tongue. Anybody can say that. He requires our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit, and our body. Our body. 
James 2.19 You believe that there is one God, you do well. Well, The devils also believe and tremble. So you ain't got nothing going there. Praise God. We must give God our body. I hope I'm not sounding too hard. Sometimes I listen to myself and says, Oh my goodness, why was I so rough? But uh, serious business, isn't it? We must give, our, give God our body. Or else our body. Along with our soul, we'll spend eternity in hell. Prepare for the devil and his angels. You hear me? Romans 12, 1 again. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. Not what we think, but what God, what the Holy Spirit says. You know, that beholding Him in the Spirit and obeying what He's showing us, which is your reasonable service. Now, the meaning of reasonable service includes spiritual worship. It does. But it's not a will worship. A worship experience designed and implemented by the human intelligence. That bothers me. We design our worship services. Oh, you do. Well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be part of it. I was a youth rep for our section, our denomination, for about nine years. And... uh, the, the big guy would come around, you know, every twice a year, and he'd give me the schedule, five minutes for this, ten minutes for that, this, that, that, like that. Well, I can't help it. He came and the Holy Spirit began to move. I'm going to I'm going to honor the Holy Spirit. I'm not cutting that off. So he can do his little schedule thing. And he got very angry at me. Hallelujah. I had a, my niece's son went to a Bible school. And, uh, Part of it was like an internship. And uh, so they, they planned the service. And, and they'd get together afterwards and they talked and they said, Well, we lost some time here, went too long, but we gained it over there. And that was all. That's what it was to. That, excuse me. I've, I've been reading a, a, a biography. And I would tell you you could get it online, but I think I bought them all. Uh, I've been trying to. It's uh, Radiant Glory, Martha Wing Robinson. If there's any left, you can get them. But Martha Wing Robinson. And this this lady, uh, well, she passed away in 1936, so you can... And uh, a woman full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's awesome, praise God. And they would they would meet, like kind of like Quakers did, you know, and they'd just get there and they'd all be still and quiet and wait on the Lord. Oh, that bothers some people. I tell you, you let a pause come in the service and people get all nervous and everything. <laughs> Somebody is talk, do something, you know. Uh, sing a song, can't have any silence. Praise God. I don't know how your prayer life is, but if you're running your mouth all the time, you need to be quiet. We need to be quiet. One time I went to a, a revival with a, a pastor friend, and uh, he had a large church, but he. His wife had passed away. He needed somebody to go with him, so I rode with him in his Cadillac and went out there. And, and we had the room together. And every, but I, I think the second night I could have said his prayer for him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Down the list. I thought, that's not the way I pray. Praise God. But I'm not saying God wasn't answering his prayer, but hallelujah. Now, I'm just throwing some things out there. Um. Thank you, Jesus. We'll worship. That's what we're talking about. Colossians 2.23, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship. That means worship that you do, you, you plan, you, you're in control of. But rather allow the Holy Spirit to worship Christ through our body by yielding up our body. 
I'm getting to something here. Not planned worship, but you let God have your body. Some people, that, that bothers them. They don't mind Him having their mind. I don't think He even has their mind sometimes, but, you know, doing things. And, but they're in, they're in the driver's seat. I heard a message, uh, it's called the Sermon of the Century, last century. But it's uh, ten shekels in a shirt. If anybody's ever heard that, look it up on you can you can get it on the internet. Ten shekels in a shirt. Oh, what's that pastor's name? It's a kind of an odd name. But he was talking about this young a preacher came to him. He had a large church, and he he came and said, "I hear you have the Holy Spirit." He said yes, and he said, "Well, I think I need that. I, I need more." He, he, what, I can't remember all the words, but and, and he got through talking, and, and the, this pastor said this. He said, "I'll tell you what. You you just want something that'll make your church grow more." That he said, "God's not into that." And uh, you heard something to make it a little easier, you know, put springs on your buggy so the ride's not so rough. He said, I, "He said, I'll tell you what you do. You let God get in the driver's seat, and you sit in the other seat and let Him drive." He said, no, I don't think that'll work. You get in the trunk and let him lock you in there and he'll drive. And that might work, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful release in that. Taking the pressure off of you. Let God do it. Hallelujah. And you, you're not so frustrated. Whatever it is. I, I don't care if it's buying groceries. You ever, you ever ask God what to buy and what not to buy? You think I'm getting crazy here, but I'm not. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's good practice for when you make a bigger uh, purchase and get yourself in trouble. You know, start with the little stuff. Now, uh, we must not use our body for the purpose of will worship, but rather allow the Holy Spirit to worship Christ through our body by yielding up our body. If the Holy Spirit, listen, desires to worship through our body with shouting, dancing, running, shaking, weeping, Crying, laughing, falling out in the spirit, bowing. There's uh, more than one lady in our church, and uh, when I pray for them, I kind of just demonstrate. I pray for them. I put, I got my hand on their head. They go like this. I don't even know how to stand there like that. The Holy Ghost is all of them. And uh, I don't know. It's not that you're trying to do anything. That's just how your body's reacting to the the power of God. Uh, Brother Clint, Bert Clinton, and said. He said, what it is, it's like a water hose. You've got it on full blast, and if you stop the end of it, you watch that hose, it'll jerk around like this. There's too much, too much power there, too much force. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, dignified people, I'm not going to do it. I went one time to revival. I was young, and it's a very large church in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas, and uh, it was a fan-shaped sanctuary. It was a Pentecostal church, and... Uh, they said, if you need something, God, get out now. I said, well, I need something, so I get out now. And the pastor's son had gone with me. He's about my age. And he was behind me somewhere. Well, I'm standing there in the, in the aisle. And it's like I said, there's a lot of aisles. And they start over and I'm looking over there. And they touch them and they're falling out on the floor. And I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know what happened. But somewhere by the time he got to me, I don't even know when he got there. But when I open my eyes, I'm laying on the floor. <laughs> And worse than that, the, the pastor's son, he's stiffer than I am, if you understand what I'm saying. And I looked up and he's laying, his, his feet are in the sanctuary and his head's in the lobby between the swinging doors. Praise God. 
It's not that anybody's trying to do that. I'm not, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying tonight. I went to a meeting one time in a friend that I grew up with, and it was uh, I knew the pastor, I knew him, so I went to this service, and they had him come up, up on the platform, and they'd get up and he'd lay hands on them, they'd fall out, somebody'd catch them, lay them down the floor, and they'd jump up and run around and get in the line again. What's fun, you know? And around and around it went, and uh, they had them on the platform so you could see the show. I don't like that. I don't. Praise God. I read too, I read all the time. I read about these great revivals and there's some of them they didn't they didn't wake up or whatever you call it for days. I'm trying to think um, who that lady it was a lady evangelist and they tried to arrest her because she had prayed for someone and they fell out and and this man's very important in town and it was his daughter and, and she wasn't coming back around. And uh, so they was gonna arrest him. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll repent she'll wake up. She'll come she'll come if you if you'll repent. He did and she did. Praise God. I just want to say to you, you've got to let Him have your body. Praise God. He has a right to it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. There's some people, I know people that have never been, they've never got filled with the Holy Spirit, never spoken in tongues. Why? Because they're going to control the thing. Well, it's not going to work that way. You've got to let Him have control. And don't worry about how you look. If you're worried, get in the prayer closet and practice there. You know, I don't. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Practice. Uh, I I grew up in all my life in the Pentecostal church. I I saw people dance in the spirit and uh, dance in the bobby pins. You know, fly, fly out of their hair and and uh, and and I, that's. Uh, and then one time I was watching TV and there's this uh, TV evangelist and he had this group up there and they're all doing this together. You know and. And uh, and it's all I said, and they called it dancing the spirit. I said that's not what I saw. That's not what I grew up with. They they practice that thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you get down to praise to God. I give you my body. I give you my body. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it's not what we think is appropriate because the Scripture says, "Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered in the heart." Or the understanding of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. Let go. The old song says, let go and let God have His wonderful way. How many heard that? Let go and let God have His wonderful way. Let go and let God have His way. Your sorrows will vanish. Your night turn to day. Let go and let God have His way. Praise God. Now I'm gonna to be one is to be joined. That's what we're talking about. Be one with Him. First Corinthians six thirteen. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And and it's not. The Scripture says if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. I'm gonna I'm gonna I tell my churches like if you're watching that stuff on TV or movies, and you're watching it and you don't turn it off. You have committed fornication, adultery, whatever. You, you, am I clear on that? Yeah. The Lord cares about the well-being of our bodies that He dwells in, but He will punish and eventually destroy the bodies of the wicked. Matthew ten twenty-eight. Jesus said, Fear not them which kill the body, which are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him that is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. In Numbers chapter 21, I'll just tell you what, instead of reading it, you know how they murmured against the way was hard to came discouraged. They murmured against Moses 
and against the Lord. The Lord sent the serpents, the snakes among, to bite what? Their bodies. Their bodies. You hear what I'm saying? There are people that are sick, and there's a reason they're sick. And you can get in all the prayer lines you want for healing, and nothing's going to happen until you repent. That's just, that's just it. Now, it was their bodies. What did God deal with when He dealt with those people? He dealt with their body. First Corinthians 6.14 says, But God has raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His own power. What did God raise up? He raised up the body of the Lord and also our bodies with Him by His own power. His body, our body. That's what it says. Ephesians 2.6 says, that God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now. Right now. Have you ever been in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? Most people out of ignorance want to confine this promise to our spirit and soul. But He literally means our whole being including our bodies. The Apostle Paul could not know. He didn't know if he was in his physical mortal body or out of his body when he was called up in the third heavens. 1 Corinthians 6.15 Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? These bodies are the members of Christ? You don't have a choice in that. If, you, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to make heaven, shall I then take the members of Christ, our bodies, and make them the members of a harlot? That's even, uh, that includes with our eyes, our thoughts. God forbid. What? Know you not that he which is joined by his body, is talking about our body, to a harlot is one body. For two said he shall be one flesh. Now we cannot be one with the Lord only in our heart, or our spirit, or our mind. We must be one with him with our body, or our flesh. We must be. Ephesians 5.30, for we're members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We must continually give the Lord our physical body. I'm going to tell you something. If you're having problems with something, you give Him your body. It'll cure that. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. See, here's what it is. We, we give Him this or that, but we're going to control our body. We're going to, we're going to maintain control of our body. It won't work. I'm talking in everything. But He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Fleet fornication... Every sin that a man does without is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. To, walk, to look at pornography is to sin against your own body. Or just nasty stuff on TV. When I was growing up, uh, we had a man in our church. I was just a kid. and He'd stand up and he'd start, You need to get rid of those TVs. Now, listen, I, you understand that's when uh, Lucy and Ricky slept in separate beds. And he said, you need to get rid of your TV. Never was a curse word. Y'all remember that? Never was a curse on anything. Some of you all don't remember that. No blood and guts, nothing. I mean, even on Hopalong Cassidy, then you never saw him blood or anything. And he was, whole people get uncomfortable. And the pastor would get up and fix it. You know what I'm saying? He'd fix it. And, And so nobody was offended. And well, I imagine he didn't want to get rid of his TV either. I'm not telling you to get rid of your TV, but uh, you just let the Lord tell you what to do with all that stuff. It doesn't have to be TV. Now it's the Internet. It's a cell phone. It's a... Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians 3.17, If any man defile the temple of God, that's our body, which he lives in, 
him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Our body which he lives in is holy. Better to never yield your body to be the habitation of God than to back out on that and willfully sin against our body which belongs to the Lord. Verse 19, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? Why are, why are Christians or believers ignorant of the ownership of their body? It doesn't matter what size your body is, how tall, how short, how wide, how thin, what color you are, if you've got hair on your head or you don't have hair on your head. It doesn't matter with any of that, folks. God's not, He's not interested in that, but He wants your body. Praise God. Why, why do believers think their body can still be under their own control? Verse 20, For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God, and hear this, your body and your spirit which are God's. Praise God. Since our body is the habitation of God, we must guard our bodies by avoiding joining our bodies to those people and things that displease the one that bought our body and owns our body. Verse 17, come out from, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Touch not the unclean thing. You know, it's a hard thing to be going down a prayer line praying for people in your hands on the devil says, I know what you've been doing with your hands. Praise God. Lifting up holy hands. Praise God. If our body commits sin, then does it not glorify? It does not glorify God just as when our spirit commits sin. Well, I can't help it. It's just my body. Our, your body can send you to hell then. Our body must be kept in righteousness and obedience toward the owner of our body, the Lord Jesus. Now, God has prepared things for our body. As I read to you, eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither has it in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now, one of the deep things that God has prepared for us is that our body might be His habitation. Oh, praise God. Oh, He lives in me. I better be careful where I take this body and what I do with it. Ephesians 2.19 Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the body fitly joined together grows up into a holy temple in the Lord. Oh, praise God. A holy temple in the Lord. If there's sin in the camp, then it does something to that holy temple, doesn't it? In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The body of each individual saint is to be a habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. But not exclusive of other saints. But rather in conjunction with and collectively with Him. Together the body of all saints is in a local area and universal. All over the world, the invisible church of Christ, the body of Christ. Are the dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit. And each individual member of his body has their share of God living in them, but only by the Holy Spirit's presence. That's not intellectual information or training or self-righteousness. That's not how we become the dwelling place of God. You can't go to discipleship class and, and this happen. You hear that. But it's when the Holy Spirit comes into our body and fills our body 
that we become a real habitation of the Holy Spirit. Self-righteousness, now I want to say this, is nothing more than a righteousness by comparing ourselves to others. And thus we judge others so we can appear to be righteous. The Holy Spirit cannot fill our body until we're fully and without reservation or limitations we yield our body to Him. Meaning we offer our body up to Him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Now the Holy Spirit will not feel and live in our mortal body as a visitor or a passive partner. He's my partner. No, He's not. He runs the thing. He's in charge. He's my co-pilot. No, He's not. He won't do it that way, folks. It's Him. He's all, every decision is His. We don't... Oh, God, come here and let's talk about this. We obey. That's our part to obey. He's a, he's a soul owner. He's a complete controller or ruler of our mortal body and all its members. Everything about us. Now, why do Christians think they can be one with the Lord and yet separate their body from their soul and their spirit and... and and retain control of their body. How do we think we can do that? Be one with Him. This thing about, oh, my spirit. Well, that's wonderful. But He wants your body too. All of us. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 27, Now you're the body of Christ collectively, and members in particular, meaning individually, Ephesians 5.30, we were members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. I read that. That's how excellent, folks, it is. So this, you know, it's wonderful when you give your body to Him. I'm telling you, this is, this is awesome. We can become the dwelling place of God, both as individuals and collectively as a unit, all joined together and functioning in one accord. I'll tell you, when that's happening, there's no schism in the church. There's no jealousy in the church of this stuff going on. I was uh, in a store there in, at home, Sulphur Springs, Texas, yesterday, and, and a young man was with me that works there in the church. And uh, it's a thrift store. That's I, I'm a thrift store person. And so uh, the lady that runs it, she come running up there and she said, I need prayer. I got something, I don't know, something on her neck, so I need prayer right here. So, right there in the store, I said, Stephen, come over here and we laid hands on and prayed for her. And God touched her. Well, praise God. Uh, this, uh, I'm sorry, I, this other lady, a black lady, and she's a, a very sweet lady, and she saw that and she comes and said, I need prayer too. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, but I felt impressed to ask her, what? What do you need? She said, I need peace. And I laid my hand on her. And I began to pray for her, and God gave me some words for her, and she got blessed. And then uh, uh, later she was standing and said, Oh, thank you, Jesus, the man of God came by today. Praise <laughs> God. Oh, Lord, we can be the man or woman of God, can't we? There's a lady, and uh, my wife was in the hospital, and she's a, a lady that was cleaning. And she came in there, and I felt impressed, and I said, uh, How are you today? And she said, Oh, things are, that's not good. I jumped out, I felt it. I jumped, almost ejected out of my chair. Went over there, I said, I'm going to pray for you. And I laid hands on her and prayed for her. And she got blessed and she was praising God. And I don't even think she's Pentecostal. And, uh, and she did. And, and then, uh, uh, then my wife was in the hospital again. And she saw me and she recognized me. And she said, I'll never forget as long as I live. 
That's what she said. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that something? I thought, you know what it tells me? Wherever she's going to church, they don't do this. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I could just... Whoo, glory to God. Now, uh, God desires our bodies. Uh, it's called temple, tabernacle, our house to dwell in by His presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the, listen, the battle is for your body as well as your spirit and your soul. I don't, I'm not just talking about sickness. First Thessalonians 5.23 For the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus. Preserved as what? As a blameless dwelling place of God. It cannot be just our spirit and our soul. It must be our whole being, which includes our body. For if our body is not preserved blameless, then our spirit and soul will be affected by the virus of sin that's coming out of our body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to follow the Lord here. Um, will you stand with me? And where's the sweet lady who plays the piano? That's anointing. Anointed playing, isn't it? Um, can we just worship the Lord for a minute? I want to make sure to get the mind of the Lord here. Praise God. Thank you. Just If you just praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, um, if you... Um, I don't know about how many want to, but if you want prayer, if you'll come, I want to pray for you. And uh, we'll just see what God does. doesn't matter what you need. God cares. If you'll come and just stand up here, we'll come and, and pray for you. This is the end of this message. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are many free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. Thank you.